Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Glad you guys are joining us. Let me ask you a quick question. How many of you have ever had a bad experience with a super glue? Like super glue. Anybody? Yeah, you have, you have, yes, yes. We've got some. Yeah, I mean, you know what's funny though? I was talking to someone and they use, actually she uses, she uses, um, she uses press-on nails. Anybody use that? All right. Okay. Nice. Nice. All right. Okay. Okay. So, um, but she uses super glue. If they fall off, she uses super glue on those nails. And I was like, that's a bad idea, right? It's gotta be. She's like, you know what? It looked good. I'm like, it's not healthy. It's not good. She's like, it looks good. And I was like, Kristen, listen, listen to me. You can't do that. Can't do that. Super glue, super glue. Well, you know, what's funny though, is that, you know, uh, it's funny because this kind of glue, I mean, it's amazing how effective it really is. Wouldn't it be great, though, that we had some kind of a super glue situation when it came to relationships? I was thinking about this the other day. Like, so how many of us would say, you know, um, before COVID, you knew some people and now you don't know them anymore? Like, you had relationships with them and you don't know them anymore. How many of us would say, you know, back like uh, four years ago, they just changed. My whole friend situation changed. Like, you know, I just, I was hoping to lose, you know, maybe, uh, I lost some really good friends. I mean, I was actually hoping to lose some cousins, but that didn't happen. But, but I definitely, I definitely just lost some friendships. So what is the glue that holds us all together? What is that, right? For some of us, you find yourself maybe in a place where there's a relationship right now that is kind of falling apart. How do you, um, how do you stick to that relationship? How, how do you do that? We've seen marriages fall apart. We've seen um, people with, uh, um, you know, just had a great sibling, like younger, when they were younger, they had a great experience, but then now they don't talk to each other. What, what, what's the glue? What happens? And how do you do that when, when you have not just people, but you have like, like churches come together or people coming together? But the reality is, is that we just, we, we, at least for a mosaic, we need to know what this glue is. Because I think it speaks to like, what we're trying to create here, but it also gives us insight on how you and I can be better equipped to have better community, like have better, deeper relationships. And so if you find yourself today going, I just want to, I want to figure out what's wrong. Why, why is this relationship not really working? We're not sticking anymore. The stickiness has gone away. Well, um, I think you should lean in, lean into maybe what God could be saying to us because it is connected to what we're doing here at Mosaic. Because we need glue more than a lot of other churches. Here's why. Because we are a mosaic of people. We are on purpose exist to create a space where people from different backgrounds, nationality, obviously, you know, have you seen Sam lately? Hello? You know, we've got, you know, where, where can you have like a British guy and then a Pakistani guy that the British actually conquered, which they conquered everybody. Did you guys know that? All of us. All of us. Why do, we not, why do we let them in? I don't even know. 
Why is it that it's harder, it's easier for him to get in to the country than me? Right? Right. But you know what's funny though is, is like, like this, this idea that we've started with has taken a lot of effort and it takes a lot of time. And the truth is, is that when, when politically or, uh, or socially the, the environment gets intense, uh, churches like this have a very hard time because we are on purpose not the same kind of people. So there are people sitting and watching this or sitting on, in services right now, and you're very different from the person who are sitting next to you possibly. Like you, you maybe even opposing sides. And see, the truth is that we don't want to, to do that. We want to be a mosaic of people. And the reason why is that we believe that God wants to create with this church a mosaic, basically broken people, different pieces coming together to make something beautiful. That we are the broken, we are the different, we are the unique, but we are, we are becoming beautiful. God is making a beautiful mosaic. And the reality is, is that is what God wanted in the first place, for people from different backgrounds to come together and be one together. Because truly, a mosaic is only beautiful when it's different and unique. So when you and I try to be the same person, if we're sitting in an organization, a church, a club, and we're all doing the same things, we're all wearing the same clothes, we're all speaking the same language, we're watching the same shows, we're doing the same stuff, it's just one same thing, you're not even necessary. But if we find ourselves in a mosaic, if we find ourselves, that's where the beauty is. I mean, a mosaic doesn't, it's not beautiful, if it's, if it's all the same pieces. And the problem, though, is, is that broken pieces look good, but broken pe- pieces have sharp edges. Hello. Broken people have sharp edges. You have a little bit of sharp edges. You got a little bit of bite in you, okay? Because you have maybe intentionally or maybe not intentionally cut someone. You've cut off someone. It's tough. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure you know and I know that when it comes to becoming a diverse community, living in this world and creating something that is worth showing the world, like that, that actually shows how great God is, it requires for us to have a glue that puts us together. And the glue that I want to talk about is Jesus. Now, not the belief in Jesus, because a lot of people believe in Jesus and are super divided. There's a lot of people who do that. No, I'm talking about a glue that is a, about Jesus that is not just the belief in Jesus, but the way of Jesus, his life, his values. And so what you and I need to do is we need to learn from this Jesus who has done something that's so profound. Like there's a passage I want to read to you, and it actually gives us a clue to what God has done, not just in the context of when this was written, but also for us. So let me read this to you. It's Ephesians 2. Can you say Ephesians 2? Ephesians 2. It says, Christ himself is our peace. He is our what? He is our what? He's our peace. He he made both Jews, Jewish people, and those who are not Jews, one people. They were separated as if there was a wall between them, but Christ broke down the wall of hate by giving his own what? His own body. The Jewish law had many commands and rules, but Christ ended that law. His purpose was to make two groups of people become one new people in him in this way, make peace. And the word there is this idea of shalom. It's this this idea of harmony. Now, here's why this passage is so important, because it's not just uh, applicable in context, but he's also basically saying that this is the nod to what Jesus did for humanity versus God. 
Like this passage in here, he's talking about that Jewish people, in a sense, the Jews versus the Gentiles, there was this connection between God and humanity. See, the Jewish people were important people, but not because they were like smarter than everybody, richer than everybody. They actually might be, honestly. They might be, okay? But God chose them to, to represent himself. Like he tells the story of himself through a certain group of people and just happens to be Jewish people. And that's why they're important. That's why they're, they, but that, that's the deal. And so when, G, when God interacts with Jewish people, he's basically saying, this is how I've interacted with humanity. And so here what he says is, here's what he's saying, he's saying is that God has done something. He has destroyed this wall. There used to be this wall of religion between humanity and God, and God, Jesus has reduced that, has got rid of that, has made it one. What he's saying here is that God can remove all the biggest differences between humanity and God, you and I can do the same thing. If, you, if God can live in harmony with us and choose to be with us and inside of us, his Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, we can do this. But just here's the problem. The problem is humanity struggles so hard in doing this, isn't it? Like opposing people have a very hard time sitting in the same room. Anybody? It just does. It just, but here's the issue. The issue is when we look at Jesus, Jesus was the one guy that disagreed with everybody about everything. Think about it. His views on everything was different from humanity. He, he, they were like, hey, we go, we're going to do this. No, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. You thought this. You shouldn't even think this way. I mean, there were so many opposing things. I don't think Jesus was ever in a conversation with someone that he goes, you know what? You get me. You get me. Never happened to Jesus. What happened to Jesus is like, you don't get me. You don't get me. Mom, you don't get me. You don't get me. You don't get me. No. But for some reason, Jesus spends time and years with the same people. How is he able to do that? And I think there's a, there's a profound thing in that. Number one, if God has done that for us, we can do this for ourselves. That you can be in a place with different people coming together. And friends, if you are in relationships with people who are the same, exactly the same, I mean, yes, there's a, there's a bond to it. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, when you talk about things you love, shows you love, sports you love, it's, it's great, okay? But there's something beautiful about people who are kind of different that you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. I didn't know you did that. Oh, that's interesting. I would never do that. But it's a beautiful beautiful thing and God wants us to do that and the reason why this is important because is that you're going to live a life where at some point if you're not even there already at some point you're going to have opposing views with the people you live with if you've been married you know that's a reality it's just true so how do you and I live in this community? How do you and I glue and stick together? How do we create relationships that are sticky and not like bailing on people all the time because of their different ideas? Remember, remember this. Let's not treat people based on what they believe. Because I'll tell you what, you know and I know, 10 years ago we believed something we don't believe anymore. I'm so glad people didn't believe me or treat me like that. God doesn't even treat us based on how we believe. He was like, you are so wrong, but I still love you. But he, he wants us to, to lean in a little bit and go, okay, this is where the, the juice, the stickiness is, the glue. It's, it's found in where Jesus is talking about what he has done. 
He has broken something, and he, he wants us to step into it. So in a practical sense, not just, um, you know, um, theological, what does it look like? Well, that explains these two stools, okay? This, the, the, these stools are basically this idea that you and I can sit in community, okay? Okay? When, and it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay when you sit in community. But, but, if at some point, and you don't even realize this, in the middle of this, we can agree and disagree and all that, but then something happens. And I'm going to ask Kenny to illustrate that for me. Kenny, would you come on out here? With the stool, please, please. Yes, thank you so much. Give him a hand, please. All right. Awesome. Thank you. So this, this stool obviously is a little bit, a little bit. It's pretty much the same, but it's a little different, right? What's, what's the problem with this one? It's a little higher. It's a little higher. It's a little higher, right? So here's what happens in relationships that, that work and don't work. You see, when there are people in relationships and all of a sudden they are in the same relationship, you think they're in the same relationship, but someone is a little bit higher there is this sense of they are basically self-centered. So when someone focuses on, on themselves, they become self-centered. That is the one thing that unglues relationships. You kind of look the same, but all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, they move from this seat to this seat right here. This seat is like just self-centered. Now, what, what does that mean? Like self-centered people do a couple of things, right? You, you're like, I, I actually know them. So I'm, I know, I know what they are. I know what they are. Like there are people who don't, the, who, who, for some reason, they're in the same group with you, but it just seems like they, they don't need to do as much as you do. They just don't need to do that. They don't, they, 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 for some reason, they can't see, um, like, they, they, they lack perspective. They have a very hard time seeing your point. Anybody have that? Like, you're just like, hey, I need you to see my point. But they're like, no, 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 but what about me? What about, what, what about my feelings, what about, what, what about, what about, and it's just really about them. What happens is, is that turns from this seat to a little bit higher. You see this. You see this where the, sometimes maybe the rules don't even apply to them. The rules like as in, like, hey, I don't think you can do this. I don't think this is right. But for some reason, they justify it. Somehow, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a rule that we, we don't want to be unkind. We don't want to be uh, holding on to bitterness, but for some reason that is justified, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, 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 I'm justified in holding on to something. Have you ever lived with someone who's held on to some things? And I don't, I don't know if you know this, but it, it, they, they started off over here, but all of a sudden they became, they sat here. You see, these seats, these seats, I believe the scriptures tell us, these seats are where you are self-aware. A self-aware person is very different from a self-centered person. He might start off over here, self-aware. I'm just self-aware. They're, they're in touch. They're open, all that. But somehow their openness, their, their issues, their, uh, their opinion, their, um, their perspective, all of a sudden, just some, somehow it's just, this, it's like, yeah, it's, it's not just one of the uh, perspectives. It's not just one of the ideas. It is what? The, it's the main. It's the right one. It's the right one. And somehow in relationships, in friend groups, in families, someone switches from here to here. And for some of you, you're like, oh my gosh. Maybe it might be you. For whatever reason, you might be you. Maybe you find yourself in a season that, honestly, if you were just, just being honest, you, you, you're inconsiderate right now. And you're justifying it. You're justifying it. You're like, I just, I, I'm going through something and yada, 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 yada. I get it. That's all valid. Just so you know, though, you've moved from being self-aware to what? Self-centered. 
And self-centered, you get in trouble because you don't want to, but your um, lack of perspective or my lack of perspective when I'm sitting in the seat and my lack of considering you switches from consideration to controlling. Now I control. I control environments. I control households. I just control stuff. I just control the thought of what is, a, what is important to our family. I just control everything. I, I, don't, I, I say I don't control. I'm like, no, 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 no. But I'm sitting here and I'm making it about myself. Have you ever had a trip where you made it about yourself? Be honest. You're like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've thought of things. I'm like, I wanted, like, you, you know how you plan trips? You're like, this is how I want the trip to go. And if it goes like this, it will be awesome. And those darn people that we live with, they don't get it. They don't get it. They don't get it. So, of course, you're like, listen, 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 listen to me. And you're like, you're not listening. And you're like, you know what? Let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. This is how it's going to work. And guess what? We're going to have fun. <laughs> We're going to do it. There's no options. You're going to do it. You're going to like it. And everybody is miserable. Have you ever started a trip where it was, the planning was fun? You got in the car two hours later. Oh, my gosh. You wanted to kill someone. You're like, oh my God, I just, I just, what, what, do we do? What, what do we do? What do we do? See, we move towards that. This is what breaks relationships up. And see, here's what's funny though. What's funny is, is that Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus, when he was leaving, he, he, there are certain prayers that he prayed. And one of the biggest prayers, the, one of the most important ones he prayed, and the reason why I say they're important is because out of all the prayers, this one is recorded. It, it seeks, seems to speak to this, like God uh, is very um, aware and very focused on and if high, finds it high, like a high value that you and I have deep relationships. So Jesus prays this prayer. And he says this in John 17. He says, I'm praying, I'm praying, not only for these disciples, because he was just praying for his disciples, but also for all those who will ever believe in me through their message. So that is who? Us. He says, I pray that they will all be what? One. He could have prayed for anything. Like, I pray that they would be all sinless. I pray that they would all be just nice. I pray that they would all be understanding. No, they will be what? One. Just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Now, Jesus seems to believe that if you and I, coming from different backgrounds, are united as one, if we stick together, being a beautiful mosaic, coming together to make something beautiful, it shows the world, it shows the glory of God. It shows like that God is able to bring two people, opposing people, to make a beautiful thing. It basically says that when people, different backgrounds, come together, it does something not just for the people, not just for the relationship, but it does something for the world. It shows that there is a God out there who, in, 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 on purpose, made, some, made everyone just very unique. And he says, if they are just one, this is going to be great. And then he says, I have given them the glory you gave me. So they may be one as we are one. Basically, I've given them all the tools. I've given them everything they need to do this. So that's why I'm praying. 
I am in them and you are in me. What he's saying there is the glory he's talking about is his spirit. God has given us his spirit so we can actually do the things we're talking about. That not beyond your uh, mental capacity to just be engaging with people and being understanding. No, God's given you the Holy Spirit so you can always be in this seat, be self-aware, in fact, spirit-aware, and you never have to go to the seat. Like he's given you the power and never want to take control of everything, but allow the spirit to, to mold us. Because that's how community and real relationships works. And then he says this. He says, he says, um, he says, may they experience such perfect, such perfect what? What is that word? Such perfect what? Unity. Yeah. <clears throat> that the world would know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. See, I think, I think friends, I think like when it comes to Christian community, and that, it can be hard, right? Like how many of us have like, you know, used the Christian business before and you're like, oh my gosh, the worst thing I did. Right? I mean, it's sad though. So, uh, some of us, you know, like, stay away from it, okay? Except Chick-fil-A. We all know. We all know the glory of Jesus rests on that place or something. I don't know what it is, okay? I got Chick-fil-A in my family, so anyways, yeah. So I got to say that. But we do know this. We do know this, that there's something about what he's saying that needs us to lean in a little bit more. What does that mean? What does that mean to be kind of spirit aware. Why is Jesus praying for this? Because I'll tell you what, it takes more than prayer to have stickiness in relationships. This is not just, you can't, you, I don't think you can pray self-centeredness away. I think you have to physically get up and go to self, being self-aware. You can't do this. this, this you, can't pray, you can't pray that away. Like I, I love people who say, who pray, God, just, God, make me, just make me humble. Okay, first of all, first of all, you can't pray for humility. You do humility. Do you know what I'm saying? You can't sit in the seat and go, God, I just pray for humility. No, you get up and you move seats. In meetings, in relationships, in conversations, in positions, in an argument, you get out of that seat and you move. You and I can't pray for that. You can't pray. Now, he's praying for unity. What he's saying is, I'm praying that these guys would do it, that they would do what we're doing, that we would, they, would be, they would all of a sudden be self-aware. They would all of a sudden wake up to some stuff. Wake up. Ephesians 4 says this, change, change the former ways of life that were part of your person you once were, corrupted by deceitful desires. Instead, renew the thinking in your mind by the what? Spirit and clothe yourself with, with, with this new person created according to God's image in justice and true holiness. I mean, what he's saying is, hey, I need you to change your formal ways. Like in right now, if you want to bring back the stickiness in the relationship that you're in, you got to change. You're like, ah, yeah, it stinks, but you got to change. You're like, but you're like, name, here's the thing, though. I really do think that if they change, it would, be, it, would be, it, would, it, would, it would work. If they would just change. Yeah, no, that's not true. You got to change. You have to become all of a sudden aware. Have you, have you, have you guys, let me just, tell, let me ask you this. What do we think about 
the Pentagon just kind of slipping in there, hey, by the way, there might be UFOs. Anybody hear about that? Did anybody catch that? You're like, some of you guys, like, what? Yeah. The Pentagon's like, hey, by the way, I know the Chinese balloon was a balloon, haha, but there's some other uh, things out there. There is a chance. I mean, when I was reading the article, I was like, hold on, this isn't like on a random news uncredit. No, this is like legit news. They're like, hey, by the way, there might be. Possibly. We don't know. I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. We don't know. Maybe. I don't know. What? what? And here's what's funny. What's funny is, for some of us, we don't even care. We're like busy. Like, what? Is it going to rain tomorrow, though? Is it going to rain? I'm trying to cut my yard. Is it going to rain? I just want to know. There are UFOs. I don't care. I don't have time for this. Okay? I'm driving around taking kids everywhere. I just want a break. Take a, take, get a UFO. Take one of the kids. Take them. Just take them. Like, there are UFOs, UFOs. Okay, also, have you been keeping up with AI technology these days? Okay, okay. AI, friends. I got a buddy of mine who was like talking to me. This is like two years ago. He was like, yeah, I'm working. He was super, he was just too smart for his own good, you know? He was like, yeah, I'm working on software AI therapy. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, we're developing, we're launching it in, in, in Asia. And what we're going to do is basically it's going to be an AI therapy, uh, which you sign up for as an app. And this AI will learn you, who you are, and then will text you as a person during the day. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing good. Okay, great. How was the meeting? Because it has connected to your t calendar. It knows. Then it'll, it'll say, hey, the workout was crazy, huh? The workout was crazy because it knows, it's hacked in and knows that your calendar, you work out, and also it has access to the workout that was posted by your gym. So he was like, he said, people are going to have full-on relationships with AI people, with AI bots. And I was like, what? Right now, right now, you can get therapy right now, okay? Some people have done, done that, and there's an Indian lady, and she started, uh, uh, yeah, it's like an AI therapy app that you can use. It's, it's a... Yeah, it's called, I think it's called WISA, and it basically will learn who you are. Now, haven't we watched enough movies to know what happens? <laughs> we know, right? We know. Once these guys get self-aware, it's over. <laughs> Judgment day. Okay? It's over. It's over. When computers get, like, they, they become self-aware, it's over. They start thinking for themselves. They take over the world. Every movie ends like this. We should know better. I'm joking about this, but I just, want, I just wonder, like, when are you and I going to become self-aware? Like, when are we, we going to wake up? Like, when are you and I going to wake up to the fact that God's own spirit lives inside of you? And we're still wrestling and worrying about stuff that doesn't even matter. Like, how many of us need to be self-aware with the reality that there are people in our lives that are so much more important than the ideas and the opinions that we stand on? At one point, are we just going to wake up to the reality and start thinking for ourselves or being led by the Holy Spirit, allowing Him to move inside of us and not be just controlled by popular opinion? Like, when are we going to wake up to that? And he's saying, hey, I want, you to, I want you to let go of the former things. 
Like the world will always tell you, you need to be self-centered. You need to have self-care. I mean, we've heard that term, and I respect that for sure, for sure. But if you ask a business owner and says, how many people have made excuses to not showing up for work because they have self-care work days, there's a lot. There's a lot. And there's a difference between being like spirit aware and self-aware than being centered on everything. And here, Jesus' teachings are saying, hey, I need you to understand you. You got you to gotta move away from that. And friends, that's when, that's when stickiness happens. When a person lives in a church or lives in any kind of community or any relationship and they're not self-aware, they haven't woken up to who they are and what damage they're doing, it's always going to be a bad deal. And you know this, and I know this. We have to wake up to it. We have to go, God, God's given us something that's beyond. Like, we could never sit in this seat. We could never sit in this seat. You, 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 you know what Jesus did, right? He was like, listen, he's broken this wall of separation, right? He's broken this wall. He's like, I've, I've done this supernatural thing. I've given you a new way to live. And then he actually says to us, here's, here's a new way. He says this. He says in John 13, he says, now I'm giving you, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a what? A what? A new commandment. Love each other. A giving you a what? A what? New commandment. Love each other, which we go, ah, that's an old commandment. And then he, then he upgrades it. Then he, then it's all, all of a sudden it becomes AI. It becomes self-aware. It becomes this. It says, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Just as I have loved you. No, I don't want you to love people the way you used to love people or how people love you. I want you to love people the way I loved you. Your love, this kind of love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. No, not just shiny, happy people will prove that you are disciples. No, disciples who refuse to love like they've been loved who refuse to treat people like they've been treated. They move past that. It's not the golden rule anymore. We, we get, we've upgraded from that. All of a sudden, we've become self-aware, spirit-aware, whatever you want to call it. It's like, I'm loving people the way God loves me. I'm tr- treating people the way God treats me. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm managing relationships. I'm having conversations with people the way God has relationships and conversations with me. All of a sudden, it's an upgrade. All of a sudden, it's, it's, you cannot sit in this seat anymore. You, 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 it would be very hard because the one who's in this seat and who, in fact, could actually just theoretically be self-centered is God because everything does revolve around him. Anyways, but you know what I'm saying? But he's like, hey, I just, I just need you to never do this. And the only way to do this is for us to have a serious upgrade in how we treat people and how we're supposed to treat people. So why is this so important to us? It's so important to us, guys, is because you know this, okay? We've seen this. Man, we don't, like with churches and uh, with culture, there's not much we can claim. You know what I mean? You know, we're not the, we're not the, the Christians or, or followers of Jesus. They're not the smartest people, Right? They're not the best looking. They're not the most popular. They're not, we're not the whatever. But we could be the most loving. 
we really could. We got a shot there. We could be the most forgiving. We could be the most accepting. We could be the most self-aware and the least self-centered people. Could you imagine a Christianity in the U.S. that's not self-centered? Could you imagine a church that's not self-centered? Man, that's what we're going for. That's what we're going for. We can't, we can't do this. See, you sit here, a church sits here, our spirituality sits here. Guess what the world sees? Just us sitting here. It doesn't see that he sent us. It doesn't see that we're his disciples because we don't really love one another. We don't love the way he does. And so I want to remind us, hey, relationships do matter. They do. And what you do when you love people and how God loves people matters because people are going through so much. I want to share a story with you. Story of Sheldon and Maya. It's a story. Uh, Sheldon is part of our trustee uh, board, advisory board, and they've been coming to Mosaic for a long time. But I, I wanted to share just a little bit of their story. So let's watch the screens. Family. The That's family. who we are. Yeah. We've been coming to Mosaic for just over five years. Yeah, five years. We oh, started in 2016. No, it was six. Six. Yes. So we are originally from Massachusetts, and we were in D.C. for a number of years. And when we came here, we were very clear that we wanted a diverse church. Yes. And we tried different so churches. Cool. I grew up in kind of a traditional Black Baptist church. And I, and I grew up in like a Baptist first and then non-denominational, and then I was unchurched for a while, but still very like intentional about a relationship. And, and I know we wanted something diverse. So what did we do? We Googled it. Uh-huh. And Mosaic came up in one of the top options. And what we did was we ended up watching the 9 a.m. service. And then we ended up getting in a car and driving and to go driving. see the 11 o'clock service. And we've been going ever since. Let's try. So 2017 was a hard year. It was a really hard year. Um, February 2017, I got diagnosed with breast cancer, and it was not expected. It wasn't in the family, et cetera. Long story short, it kind of took us by surprise. It was a shock. We were scared to tell people. I remember yeah. the first yeah, we were scared people to tell we people. told were from Mosaic, and it was someone we had met a couple of times. Yeah, the first, um, very first couple, the very first couple, they invited us to dinner from Mosaic, and we were like, oh, they're so sweet. Like, let's do it. And we were like, well, we don't want to damper the mood. Yeah, on their forget. They started with just praying for us. That was the first thing they did. And they said, we've got you. We've got you. And we didn't know what that meant. Um, <laughs> we found out though really quickly. Yeah, in the months following, I mean, people were feeding us almost every week. I don't cook, right? She yeah. was down and out. And they were feeding us every week. People were coming to watch our kids. Yeah, it was a um, meal train. It was someone who was like, I can just come and help you fold clothes. Like, yeah. you do laundry, what have you. Nothing was... Like the servanthood and the love that I got from the people at Mosaic that I didn't expect. I, and I got to know people. I'm a social butterfly and I couldn't be that. But they came to me. Yeah. And that is, I think, an example of a lot of folks at Mosaic is like they show up. Um, and so it comes to mind when we talk about why we chose Mosaic in the first place. Mm. It is really hard to find a church that has figured out how to bring together different people. I'll never forget my brother, who I grew up in the church with. Uh, he's gay. 
And we grew up in the church. We were very strong in the church. And at one point, he felt like the church betrayed him. And I brought him to Mosaic one Sunday. It was probably the first time he's been to church in 15 years. And he even said to me, that was different. That was different than what he grew up with. So that welcoming environment just speaks volumes. And I think for me, a, a second reason is are, are the small groups. You know, church at Mosaic is not just Sunday. And there's so many times where I've been to church where it was a great Sunday, great message, and you go home and, you know, you do your own thing. But the small groups, meeting with people, yeah, like that community yeah. piece, yeah. it's a community, it's a friendship. Yeah, I think it's, it's that this, the intimacy, because sometimes you have large churches that you just feel like it is Sunday to Sunday, and yeah. that's it. I'm so excited that my daughter, my oldest daughter, decided that she wanted to get baptized. Mm. And yeah. I was excited to hear her bring the conversation. I was excited to think about the idea of, like, she wants to make this commitment. She wants to step out. It's like she decided on her own. So, so, so Sunday, yeah, the day of, um, you know, she got up there. She told her own personal story about why she wanted to. She talked about having doubt at first. My, my family was able to be involved. So yeah, his mom was, was on praying. FaceTime. My mom was able to go up there with her. It, it was just wonderful. And mm. there was an overwhelming sense of love and surrounded by people who loved us as well. And I think she felt very comfortable. I'm so glad that we, we found this yeah. Oh, definitely. Because we were looking for a lot of things in there. They were hope. Yeah. Community. Community, diversity, mm -hmm. love. And we found that. It was it. Yeah. And we just hope that anyone looking for a church can come to Mosaic and experience the same thing. Such a cool story. Such a cool story. Would you stand with me? As we end this morning... You know, we show you that to remind you uh, that what you're doing here is important. What we're doing here is so important. And that's, that's, the big, that's the big idea, that we have to move towards being intentional to be like that and to have relationships like that. Uh, you know, um, I want to pray for us as we close because I know that for some of us, you're dealing, dealing with relationships that are pretty, pretty intense. Like you're, that's why you just, you you've been preoccupied even at work because of just relationships in your life. And for some of us, it's just tough, tough, tough to do. I just want you to know that, you know, what we're trying to do here is, is so important and that you, what you're part of is so important. I know some of you guys who, are, who watch online and you're, you feel like you're already connected here, but it's important to, to be in this space as well. It so is, because last week I talked about how our space needs to be these heavenly em embassies, where regardless of what's going on in the world, that we have space here that we can, in fact, um, be an epicenter of hope. And last, uh, last week, last Sunday, I talked about the expanse, about us buying Bounce You, which is right next door. And this has been a dream for us for a long time, and it's available now, and we're moving towards that. I know I've gotten text messages from some of you guys, you know, hey, we're committed to this because we're bringing kind of like our commitments in a couple of weeks to, this sun to a Sunday, which is Palm Sunday. And, and I just want to feel like bringing it up again because for some of us, it's like it's, this is more than just buying a building. It's more than just buying another space. 
It's about being intentional to create the church for the future and future generations. And so I just want to say, if you've been thinking about this, if you've been praying about this, if you want more about, know more about this, please let us know. But stuff like this is important. Easter Sunday, when we invite people and say, hey, invite people to Easter and, and, and help us cr- make sure people know that there is a place like this that they can just come to. All those things are important. Because the world, unfortunately, there's some beautiful things in the world. But man, it's very hard to find a mosaic of people. It's hard to find a mosaic of people who intentionally come together to not just become beautiful, but to create beauty. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. Let me pray for us. Lord God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for the conversation. I thank you, God, that you are calling us to upgrade. You're calling us to forget the former things in life, to forget how we used to treat people, how we were treated treated before. For some of us, it is extremely hard to, to do that. But God, we know it's worth it. For others of us, God, we've been in relationships before where we find ourselves just heartbroken because they just came to an end. And God, we just know that some relationships do need to come to an end. But God, but there is a stickiness. There is a glue that is missing in so many relationships, God. So I pray for just the supernatural glue of your spirit to come, God. That if we find ourselves in relationships where we're like, I don't know if this is going to last, would you come in? Would you allow us to be self-aware, to know where we are in this relationship and what we need to do? And I pray that we would be led by you. God, I pray as we lead this, as we sing this song, people go and receive communion. They, they, they go to the cross. Maybe they'll, they'll take, uh, maybe they'll go and light a candle for a relationship, God. God, maybe they'll sit regardless, God, whatever they do, God. I pray that they would be led by you in this moment. They would pause their soul to just lean in to hear you because our relationships matter. I pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.